Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Yasmin Aliyah Khan, host Global Thread Podcast, Rebel HQ contributor, and an amazing person. I have an exclusive, all right? I got the receipts. Remember the pastor in Alabama who was arrested for watering his neighbor's plants. Remember that? Remember the white female neighbor is the one who called the police on him and said she made a mistake. I have the exclusive 911 call here, and it does not tell the same story that she told. To remind you of what happened, here's the arrest. Howdy. Hey, Pretty good. What you doing here, man? Waterfly. Are they saying that? Is that your vehicle? Not. It's not? It's the neighbor's vehicle. The neighbor's? 314, I'll be on 13. Okay. You live here? No, I don't live here. Okay. Uh, they saying that this vehicle is not supposed to be here and you're not supposed to be Who's here? Who's saying that? They called about it. I don't know who I, called. I'm supposed to be here. I'm Pastor Jennings. I live across the street. Your Pastor Jenny? Yes, I'm looking out for their house while they're gone. Okay. Uh, while they fly. Okay. Well, that's cool. Do you have like ID and all? I don't know, man. I'm not going to give you no ID. Why not? I ain't did nothing wrong. I did well, nothing look, suspicious. listen. Listen, I'm not saying do nothing wrong. Doc, listen. There's a suspicious I was, person. Look, I used to be a police officer in Goodwater. Don't come in with that. Okay. Look, man, don't do this to me. No. You, there's a suspicious person in the yard, and if you're not one to identify yourself. I don't have to identify myself. I'm just not a. I stopped and identified state. That guy know me. He came to my store and got broke in. I live right over there across the street. Who called y'all? That's what we got to figure out. But yeah, first, I. Do you live here? He don't live here. You think I'm, I'm not saying nothing illegal. about. You have no right to approach me if I ain't did nothing suspicious or nothing wrong. Listen. Told him I'm a pastor. I pastor until I don't hear you. want to lock me up? Lock me up. Lock me up. I'm not showing y'all anything. They then proceeded to arrest the pastor and they had to make up a reason on the back end. Here's the arrest. We got one that's not listening to. Look, man, let me see your phone. Let me see your phone, dude. Just calm down, okay? No, no. Stop. I like this. Okay. We're just trying to talk to you and Sir, see. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to argue with you, okay? All right, yeah. go ahead and do what you got to do, Doc. You do you what you got to do. Go on okay. and lock me up. Look, just have a seat. It's already locked up. You're it's just. It's already lost, Doc. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. It's already okay. lost. Okay. okay. Just have a seat, okay? Okay. It's already lost. Okay, look, man. I, uh, who called y'all? We. I don't have to ID myself. You will not listen. I have a call on you. You have to identify yourself to me. You understand what I'm telling you? No, I don't. You wait to watch how you want. Take me down, book me. Go do what you need to do. I have more video and I have receipts of that 911 call. The officer said, we got one not listening to us. I researched the, Calif uh, the Alabama code and there's no such statute of not listening to the police. He did nothing illegal. And Pastor Jennings was correct on the law. The law in Alabama states that you cannot stop and require an identification from a person on residential or private property. That's what the code says, Pastor Jennings was correct. Now, 
Who called the police? Well, his neighbor, Amanda, called the police. And when she was approached by the cops, here's what she said. Do you know that gentleman back? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Does he, does he have permission? He lives right there. Okay, does he have permission here to be watering flowers? He may because um, they are friends. Okay. And they went out of town today. So right. He may be watering their flowers. Okay. It'd be completely normal. Okay, that's is fine. that that's that's yeah. fine. If he would have said, "Hey, I got this," gave his identification because he's a suspicious person, uh, he said that's not his vehicle; it's, it's their vehicle. Okay. We have a call. Like, yeah. We're we're here okay. because we're called here. I don't know who called, but somebody did. Why is he suspicious, but she is not? Why did they require ID from him, but did not require ID from her? Why is it that the pastor could not tell the cop? his name. He said, Pastor Jennings, that's my name. Why is it that the cop did not believe Pastor Jennings about his own identification, but believed it when a white woman that he did not know identified Pastor Jennings? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to read the entire 911 call. But before I do that, as you know, I had the exclusive interview with Pastor Jennings. Pastor Jennings said this when I posed the question about his neighbor, how he feels in reference to what she did. Here's what the pastor said. Even I have anything, I don't hold anything against my neighbors. I still speak to them. I, matter of fact, I've talked to her husband since the incident and he was telling me how bad uh, she feels about it. So uh, I love that neighbor just as well as I love the one where I was watering a file. We may not have to like them all the time, but we have to love them anyway. Look but, at uh, you, man. Pastor Jennings is a good brother. I would not have forgiven a damn thing, period. They will be party of the lawsuit, okay? They have sued the police department as well as the chief, I believe, in his official capacity. So now let's put up the picture of the neighbor who says she made a mistake. She did, in fact, corroborate Pastor Jennings. Police decided to arrest him, take him to jail anyway. She said she made a mistake. Let me read the receipts to you. This is the actual 911 transcript. Telecommunicator, that's the 911 operator. Let's go ahead and put it up. So the 911 operator says, What's going on? Amanda. Caller says, Well, I just wanted somebody to come over here and check. My neighbors went out of town this morning to Gatlinburg, and there's a vehicle over there with people I don't think are supposed to be there. The operator says, which neighbor is it? Amanda says, well, if you're looking at my house, it would be the neighbor to the left, got a white house with a blue roof. She come over here today and asked me, oh my gosh, my dog just stopped licking my face. Operator says, what kind of vehicle, vehicle is over there? Amanda says, a gold SUV of some sort. I can't see because it's through the uh, lattice work operator, uh-huh, Amanda. But they're an elderly couple and it's, uh, I know, I saw a younger black male over there. That's what I saw. Are you seeing this? This is the actual 911 transcript. Now she says she saw a young black person. That'll do it, that'll get the police out here. There's more. Operator says, okay, 
you saw a younger black male. Amanda says, they're an elderly white couple, huh? And I'm I'm not saying they don't have, it just doesn't. I would just like for somebody to come check and make sure they're supposed to be here. Who in the hell are they, madam? Who in the hell is young? Now, Pastor Jennings may be young at heart, but let's be 100. He is not a young black male, as you are describing. Now, at one point you said there's one black male, one young black male. Now you are saying they. There's more. Operator says, are they, are they in the vehicle or, or are they out of the vehicle? Amanda says, they're outside the vehicle. They're outside the vehicle. She repeats it twice, two times. Operator says, where are they exactly? Amanda says, uh, I can't see because there's a fence, but I heard them talking in the, I heard them talking a minute ago out like in their back door and I can't hear them talking anymore. So they might be in the house now. I don't know. Operator, are you able to get a tag on the vehicle? Amanda, no ma'am, I'm on the other side. Operator, it's okay, that's all right. And all you can tell it's a gold vehicle? Amanda says, yeah, it's a gold vehicle, an SUV type vehicle of some sort. Operator, how long has the vehicle been there? Do you know? Amanda, well, I come out, me and my mom were going to walk around a little, a little bit like around the neighborhood. And when we walked out, I heard talking. Oh, I gotta call 911 now. There are black people talking in my community. There's more. Operator says, okay, you never, Amanda interrupts, and I just never could see her. And I just never could see her. Operator, saw the vehicle there before? Amanda, uh-huh, not like that. Not like that one or that on, uh-huh. Operator, do you want to speak to officers when they come out? Watch what Amanda says. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Not really. I mean, I don't have to. 911 operator, yeah, Amanda. I don't mind it, operator. It's up to you. It's completely up to you. We've got someone that's got them dispatched already. You just stay in a safe location. Don't attempt to approach or investigate the vehicle. Just watch the vehicle for anybody that's returning or leaving, or if they leave, which way they go. If you get any additional information, just give us a call back immediately, okay? Now, before I continue, what crime has the 911 operator been able to identify? None. So why does she assume this person is unsafe? Amanda says, okay, thank you, operator. Uh-huh, bye-bye, caller, all right, bye. Now, can you explain what really happened here? I'm not even sure if Pastor Jennings is aware of this transcript. So his neighbor, according to her own words, positively identified multiple young black males in that neighborhood who possibly broke into her neighbor's home. When she spoke to the police, 
Did she mention young black males at any time? When she spoke to the police, did she mention breaking and entering at any time? No. What kind of game is being played here? If this was an honest mistake, Amanda, I think we would have heard you say, here's what I thought I saw. I don't see how you believe you saw multiple young black men when there's one senior black male on the premises that, by the way, you actually know him. You know him very well. How did you make this mix up? So one black male equals what, five young black males? What This, this doesn't make sense, Amanda. I got questions now, all right? Okay. I want to give you that update. That is an exclusive. We got the transcript. I want to give it to you full. I did not want to read just parts of it because I wanted to make sure you got all of it, the full context of that phone call. Yasmin, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I feel like if a cop walked up to me and demanded to see some ID, I wouldn't want to give them give it to them either, especially if I know that I wasn't doing anything wrong. And in a lot of these interactions that we see between citizens and the cops, it's like we're trying to codify and regulate human interactions, but we don't understand each other. We don't know how to talk to one another. We're afraid of each other. We don't trust one another. And in these interactions with police, it's even worse because there's the threat of arrest and violence and even death. And cops there, as we've seen, are not experts in the art of communications. So these tensions can escalate quickly. And if they're not diffused effectively, then the risks involved with failing to diffuse it are deadly. And in this case and in this day and age, these neighbors really should have been more savvy about the ramifications of their actions and their words. And they should have thought twice about calling. Yeah. I just want to know where are the black males she was referring to? A teacher, a school teacher pays students $5 to beat up other students. Unbelievable. Put up the picture of this horrific educator. Put her up for a mask. She was a substitute teacher. She, according to the allegation, paid school children $5 each to bully one classmate, prompting three of them to beat up a child. This is out of Louisiana. Louisiana substitute PE teacher was arrested on Monday after she allegedly offered middle school students $5 to beat up a classmate. Her name is Adrena Celine Smith, 24 years of age, allegedly offered five students money to tackle another student at North Cotto Elementary Middle School in the city of Vivian on August 23rd. Smith was seen in a video in the gym bleachers while the victim laid on the floor. According to the sheriff's department, she did not help the student get up. There's more. The substitute teacher was terminated from the school district and booked into the sheriff's uh, office correctional center on a bond of $10,000. She is charged with one count of malfeasance and five counts of delinquency of juveniles, more arrest pending. DailyMail.com reached out to the school district 
uh, to the actual school for comment. They did not immediately respond. Uh, let's put a picture up again, please. Okay. Uh, this is one of the most extreme things I've seen an educator do, and I've seen educators do a lot of very bad things. You mean to tell me that there's a young child that you hate so much as a school teacher that you're willing to basically put a hit on a baby by using other babies to do your crime? Ma'am, the charges they have against you right now are not serious enough for the dangerous individual that I believe you are. The wheels of justice are turning in the right direction and they turn swiftly. Remember this week, I reported on the story of a white male principal who committed child abuse on camera of a special needs student. He was not arrested. He was able to get another job in the district and he did not get charged with what was on video at all until we covered the story. He just got charged this week. We covered it on Friday. All right, Yasmin, thoughts here. Yeah, it's kind of scary to think of who can be teaching our kids in schools. We can't possibly vet all of these teachers, at least not to the extent that, oh, I think a lot of us would like to. But you just hope that there's someone decent teaching your kids and influencing your kids. No one, I don't think, would imagine that anyone as terrible as this would make it through the school system. But when you consider how much we defund education across this entire country and how little we incentivize actually qualified people from taking teaching jobs, we really shouldn't be surprised when things like this happen. This incident was a product of our own making, but at least in this case, thankfully she was terminated and charged. So, you know, she won't be doing yeah. it anymore. And I will say this, you bring, you bring up a great point. All across America, in particular, Republican states, they are passing laws that will eliminate or significantly decrease the vetting protocols of teachers. That's a bad thing. That is going to open up the floodgates in a significant way. You know, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon has now threatened the FBI showing his white privilege is still strong and intact. Here it is. I told the FBI guys, Steve, I told the FBI guys, I said that you guys are going to be on my six o'clock show on Frank's speech. And uh, and they said this corrupt investigation, whatever you're trying to do. And he, they go, Mike, we're just doing our jobs. I said, yeah, I said the corruption yeah, goes back yeah. to our government. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. I want all the FBI people out there. We got whistleblowers all over the place. That phrase is not going to save you. That's what the Waffen SS said. That's what the Gestapo said to save themselves right. after 1945 when we won. Right. Hey, we don't want to hear you just doing your job. Okay, you know what you're doing, and it's time now for you to come forward and be a whistleblower. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of whistleblowers coming from DOJ and FBI. You better be part of it. The excuse, I'm just doing my job, will not hack it anymore. Okay, I don't want to hear that. That's more whining. He said it will not save you, is what he told the FBI. Now, Mike Lindell, uh, first of all, they're both going to prison. Both of them are going to the pokey. It's quite fascinating to me that they don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't realize it. Um, I'll go back to Steve Bannon in a moment. Mike Lindell, my pillow guy, 
he had his phone taken by the FBI. He then decided to talk about it publicly. Great, now it is my business. I don't think Lindell understands something about federal investigations. They did not take your phone, sir, because they need to look for something on it. They already have it, they know it, they know it's on your phone. They took your phone to preserve it, the evidence, for when they prosecute you. All right, uh, let's put his uh, you know, love affair with this pillow back up again. Uh, in addition to claiming the seizure of his phone by the FBI at Hardy's drive-through, he also claimed the FBI questioned him about a Colorado County election clerk who was allegedly involved in a voting machine security breach. But speaking of elections, it appears that President Joe Biden is actually surging in the polls. I don't know if this will last, but I think it's worthy mentioning because of the context here. Steve Bannon uh, gets handcuffed last week. Great, good. Uh, he is going to get indicted again. That's going to happen. President Trump, former president, under investigation. He will be indicted, in my humble opinion. And Mike Lindell got his phone taken. Give me that. That's what FBI said. Okay. So Joe Biden, while all of this chaos is happening with Republicans, has quietly been rising in the polls. Has he done something special or spectacular? What did he do? Not a damn thing. Nothing. This is because the opposition side is so, so bad that they are now self-checking, meaning Biden doesn't really have to do anything at this moment because of the chaos level of the conservative movement. So support for Biden. Recovered from a low 36%. We covered it when it was at 36%. That was in July. He is now at 45%, which is more of a normative number, closer to it, driven in large part by a rebound in support from Democrats just two months before the November midterm elections. During a, during a few bleak summer months, when gasoline prices peaked, lawmakers appeared deadlocked, the Democrats faced the possibility of blowout losses against Republicans. So Biden's approval rating remains underwater still. You got 53% of U.S. adults disapproving of him. I'm not talking about Republicans. I'm not talking about independents. I'm talking about everybody. This is a general poll. And the economy continues to be a weakness for Biden. Just 36% approve of his economic leadership as the country faces high inflation and Republicans try to make household finances. The axis of the upcoming vote still Polls suggest Biden and his fellow Democrats are gaining momentum right as generating voter enthusiasm and turnout takes precedence. Don't hang your hat on that item, President Biden. You have to actually win the vote that you get. Allowing somebody else to beat themselves is not a good strategy. I'm just saying. Yasmin, thoughts on this? 
Yeah, my favorite part of this story was when Trump complained that the majesty of the United States was no longer because Mike Lindell's phone was taken at a Hardee's, as if that whole scenario exemplifies American majesty. But as far as Bannon's comments about, you know, the Waffen SS and the Gestapo go, it's ironic because the arguments that the right is now lobbying against the FBI are the same arguments that everyone else is saying about law enforcement in general. No one likes law enforcement when it's perceived to be unjust. The only difference is that the examples of police brutality that we've actually seen against citizens in the United States and the fact that law enforcement agencies allow these cops to get away with it are actual violations of the public trust and actual examples of injustice. No one's mad at cops when they do their jobs except for people like Steve Bannon. And his point is also interesting because it's rooted in truth a little bit, but it's completely misapplied. Anytime you see examples of military coups, for example, in different countries, it's true. The coup and the leader is only as strong and as successful as the team executing the initiative. There is no police brutality without police who are willing to be brutal against citizens. And there is no military victory without members of the military doing exactly as they're told and not questioning their directives. But that's not what's happening here with Steve Bannon. He really wants his supporters to believe that, though. Yeah, very well said. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Kind of press for time, but we'll read as many as I can. Old Jam says, are you existing in this place while black? Suspicious. Produce those freedom papers right now. She knew who he was and called the cops on him for being suspicious anyway. But Obama ended racism, right? Good point. Uh, next TYT report, reporter, we need a database of police and a database of educators to get this rot out of our schools. Some school districts have something like that, but it's district-wide and not national. Okay, Gucci man, I would have just hung up if I was the operator. Blackmail is the magic word. <laughs> okay, um, Lucian the Darkfire King. Eventually, we're going to get a story about a teacher doing something so heinous that Doc is going to drop an F-bomb on camera. I'm going to try not to. I've done it before on radio. Got suspended. So I'm trying not to do that again, okay? But it's happened before. Davo, this is hilarious, Davo. Davo says, I have a feeling Mike Lindell was a better person on crack. And that could absolutely be true. Uh, Corey Beasley, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much, Corey. We appreciate you joining. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're my still friend! Back off! I'm just coming there as an African American man threatening my life. Inside. We were you, you've been drinking? Have you been at the game drinking? No, I no. said we we're getting. No, you drink. said you've been drinking. You. This is white entitlement right here. I need your insurance, please. I'm giving you my insurance. I need your insurance. Thank you. Thank you for yes. being respectful. Okay. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm a s. Yeah, Okay. Indian or whatever. I'm not Indian. You don't belong in America. I don't belong in America. Are you videoing? Yes, I am. I will be getting your license plate. I am videoing you. I guarantee you will probably lose whatever job you have for this. 
I'm sorry. You know what? Don't you poke yourself. You should. Wow. You should. I mean, dude, I'm sorry. You have to. You have to witness this. This is. This is your own wife. I'm sorry for that. That husband is just a defeated soul. He's been married to that Karen uh, for a very long time. What, what do you think he's going to do? He has to go home to that. Let's put a picture up. She started yelling racial slurs against the individual. Now remember, they rear-ended her. They hit her. She was engaged in the conversation required after somebody hits you. I need your insurance information. The woman decided to become racist. The white male did not, but he said nothing to his wife. So her daughter, according to the narrative, and let's put the picture back up for a mask, her daughter was headed back to her college um, when the Gordons hit the daughter from behind with their truck, then put it in reverse and hit her again. After they gave her their info, they left before the police could be called. That's called a hit and run. That's why the picture is there for a mass. You got to get this handled. Okay. Yasmin, Karenicity runs deep here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the husband, I mean, he just seems like he just wants this all to be over. And it's like you just want to tell him there's a better way to live, man. None of his wife's words or actions were necessary. But it's funny because she's like gatekeeping Americanism as a white person. And she lives in Iowa. And I don't know <laughs> if Iowa sounds like a white European centric right. word to her. But I, where does she think the word Iowa came from? I'm just saying. Great point. All right. Got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday. You feel French. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an I don't know who you guys are. What are you talking about? They have a camera. Yeah, I sprayed water okay. at the dogs for parking. What, 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 what? Why? Yeah, because they were barking why? at mine and I just I'm had surgery. My dog is on my property. Yeah, they were barking my at property. me. You are in the street. That's okay. They were interrupting my walk on public property. So I sprayed water at them. Why? Why? Because they that? were barking and agitating no, my no, dog. No, no, water no, no, is no, no, harmless. No, no. no. I, I, you, you say it's yeah. yeah. water wherever. Nah. I, well, it's what you say. We don't know what you... Where? Uh, uh, no. show, show me the water. Well, no, show I'm not me the water. Well, water. I'm not. What? Yeah. On your I'm on Facebook. On Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Everywhere. Okay. I don't know what you guys are doing. I probably, okay, walking on the side. Yep, and this one runs deep. Very sad. I do not believe, first of all, that she sprayed the uh, dogs with water. I don't believe that. And I will explain why in just a moment. I have more video. Um, unwanted physical contact with a person or their pet is illegal. It's illegal. And she engaged in unwanted physical contact. According to her, the Karen in this story, she simply sprayed them with water. But let me ask you this. 
Do you think water will make a dog sick? Now, this dog already has some challenges. You're going to see that now. Here it is. We see in the video, long version of the video, that after this woman sprayed that dog, he actually vomited. Okay? That's what happened. You think water did that to him? When the owners said, hey, let me see the water. Ah, I'm not going to give you that. I don't think it was water. So damn sad. Um, let's put up her picture. Thank you. The Karen's real first name may be Lauren. Maybe Lauren. But she has since deleted or changed her IG account after she was already doxxed on Reddit and Instagram. Very sad here. Madam, you're walking your own pets, which one would assume you are an animal lover. I love animals. For many years, I rescued cats. It was a highlight of my life. They're vulnerable. What you did was criminal, period. All right, Yasmin, thoughts on this? Yeah, this poor puppy, like you have to be a particularly vile human being to spray a dog like that who's not even actually bothering you. But I think it has more to do with you know, the individualism that we live by in this country. Mm. The idea that I can and should be able to live my life without anyone or anything infringing upon my solitude, despite the fact that we live in a society. You know, everybody loves that right. phrase. But we've come so far from collectivism that we try to control like people and even animals in our lives, people and animals that we don't actually have any autonomy over. And that's why we have Karen culture and we have such rampant entitlement in this country. We've forgotten just how to live with one another. It's a problem. Says something really powerful. We do live in a society, which means we coexist as various communities with various values. We have to live together. This idea that somehow a dog barking at you is so much of an inconvenience that you now need to commit a criminal act against it is insanity. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone coming up reactions. Test your knowledge of fake news. Reactions with Ravana Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Tune in on twitch.tv forward slash TYT. Join Ravana as she goes through different news headlines. Then she poses a question to you, the viewer, to guess which is fake, which is real. Correspond in the chat. Very fun show. All right. I will read some of these comments as many as I can, okay? Lynn says, Karen's dogs weren't even reacting to the dogs barking. Karen was the only one barking back. That's a great observation. Literally, Karen's dogs are better trained than she is. All right. We got David Morris. Those dogs were in their own gardens, FFS, attacking them in their own domains. That's right. Uh, thank you so much. I think this is Demon Llama Mama. 
Like that name. Welcome to Indisputable. All right. Bread into toast. The husband knows she's wrong and just wants to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, that's part of it. And he also knows he's damned if he do. And he's damned if he doesn't. He knows that too. He's damned when he gets home. Okay. A cop fired. Cop gets fired. Not arrested. Not charged. What did he do? He groped a teenager. Broke into her phone. Looked at naked photos. And that's just the beginning. So let me bring this to your attention. Put up the cop. Full mass here. A police officer in none other than the state of Florida was fired after allegedly sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl he was transporting to Juvenile Assessment Center. His name is Bobby. Bobby Lubrido of the Newport Ritchie Police Department was reportedly fired from his job on August 12th after an internal investigation obtained by the Tampa Bay Times found that the 43-year-old police corporal, he got rank, that his actions were in violation of numerous departmental rules, regulation, and procedures. So he is fired. Now, what he did was criminal. I'm going to get into that in a moment. Let me give you background on the situation. In July, that cop you just saw was given the task of transporting a 17-year-old girl going to juvenile assessment who had been deemed a runaway from a hospital to a juvenile assessment center. But after reaching the detention center, the burrito, the cop told the 17 year old girl they needed to go back to the hospital for, for medical signatures, which prolonged her time in his custody. During the drive back, officer Lou burrito allegedly unlocked the 17-year-old girl's phone and started scrolling through her camera roll to watch videos of her twerking. The girl then told investigators that he logged into her Snapchat, which he admitted was an attempt to really try to see what her, um, you know, looked like. He admitted to it. The girl said that Lubrito looked at the naked photos like 30 times and was so distracted that he hit a deer while transporting her to juvenile. She could be dead. There's more. Once they reached the hospital, okay, the officer reportedly uncuffed the girl, let her out of the car, and offered her half of his sandwich, which she ate before he said it was not free. Keep in mind what's happening here. This man is manipulating this scene from top to bottom. Why is he going through her phone? He's trying to get a psychological profile on her. That's what he's doing. He is a real predator, okay? He is coordinating, strategizing. He is about to attack. So he gives her half of his sandwich and then tells her, hey, that's not free. There's more. This is when Officer Labrito allegedly handcuffed the girl while groping her buttocks, put her back in the car, lifted her shirt and bra, groped her breast. She's 17 years old. The girl also told investigators that Officer Labrito 
asked if she would have a threesome with him and her mother. And that he'd stop by her house to check up on her. Officer Lubrito has denied the teen's allegations, even though he admitted he wanted to see her breast naked on that phone. He admitted to that. Let's go to um, Bogart, the police chief. So Bogart, the chief of police of Newport, Richie PD, initially called the allegations unfathomable. Since Lubrito had an unblemished career. Following the investigation, Bogart called Lubrito's actions improper and unbecoming, but maintained that despite a preponderance of evidence, he did not have probable cause to criminally charge him. Keep that chief up. You are a liar, and I will tell your mama you lying. You lying. Probable cause is the lowest element of proof that exists in the criminal justice system. A mere allegation can create the prerequisite of probable cause to effect an arrest and a proper investigation. So what he's saying is a lie. Why is he protecting this individual who obviously violated the law? When Internal Affairs did, did their investigation, they decided not to name exactly what policies he broke. They just said what he did was adversarial to our policy, standards, procedures, et cetera. You know why they did not name it? You know why they did not specify? Because they would have had to specify crimes. Crimes. What else did he break? What protocol other than the law did he violate? Once again, back to blue. Even when they assault children. Now, damn it, at some point, I'm talking to police officers, okay? You have to make a decision about what kind of soul you would like to have. You do realize there are hardcore gangsters who would never do something like that, nor allow it to happen in their face. Yeah, but not the police. Everybody's all good with it. The man should be criminally charged immediately. All right, yes, my thoughts here. Yeah, this is gross. This is such a cringy invasion of privacy and obviously bodily autonomy. I mean, I get mad at the TSA whenever they feel me up at the airport. Yep. I think when we hear these stories, we want to celebrate what little bit of justice we're given because we're so used to getting nothing at all. But the fact remains that these are criminals who are committing crimes and not getting charged for committing these crimes. It's like they give a little bit in the name of compromise and appeasement, but it's not about compromise. It's about complying with what the law dictates and what's right and what's just. It's like they just want us to exhaust ourselves fighting for things that we've already fought for so that we'll just get discouraged and give up, effectively giving these cops free reign of our communities and apparently our bodies. Very well said. We're going to continue to follow this story. I think there will be an update soon. All right, Governor DeSatan out of the state of Florida uh, has decided to put undocumented individuals in airplanes, fly them to Martha's Vineyard, drop them off, leave them stranded. I kid you not. Okay, 
Let's go ahead and put up the uh, first screenshot of this. I'm going to explain what the Biden administration could do right now to stop it. Emergency shelters have been set up on Martha's Vineyard after 50 migrants landed unexpectedly Wednesday afternoon. They didn't even call them and say, hey, we're bringing people. Okay, we're talking about a governor of an entire state, and he's not the only one who's done something like this. Okay, so the men, women, and children did not know where they were going, uh, but they were told they would be given housing and jobs. Get on the plane. We're going to give you housing. We're going to give you jobs. Get on the plane. The group wandered some three and a half miles from the airport before somebody connected with them. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said his office organized the migrants, organized the journey to Massachusetts on two planes as part of his relocation program. In a statement, this evil governor said, states like Massachusetts, New York, California, would better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country by incentivizing illegal immigration through their designation as sanctuary states and support for the Biden administration's open border policies. So you mean to tell me that Governor uh, DeSantis spent taxpayer money to make a political point adverse to the Biden administration and states he does not like. So what I see here, number one, kidnapping. Number two, a violation of due process. Remember the constitution says everyone, citizen, non-citizen, has the right of due process. If the government is attempting to deprive you of life, liberty, freedom, you have a right here, due process. What we just saw is not due process. And let's be very clear about sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. They actually have a lower crime, uh, a lower crime index because of cooperation. People are more willing to cooperate because they're not afraid that the police are simply going to lock them up or try to lock them up because they may have an accent. Okay. Um, there's also another dynamic rarely mentioned when Republicans talk about undocumented workers. First of all, let's stop calling them illegal. No human being is illegal. All right, all human beings are legal. So this issue with undocumented workers is this. The same federal law that says it is illegal in America to work without documentation. The subsection of that federal law also says it is illegal to hire undocumented workers. How many times have you seen a CEO or HR director of a major company, major warehouse, being arrested with the individuals who are typically not well off, not financially rich, when do they go to jail? Because it's the same federal law. And 90% of the reason why undocumented workers come to America is because of employment. Employment, because people are willing to hire. But they're not willing to attack the great attraction to the United States, meaning the rich corporations that continue to hire. They simply want to attack the people who are not rich. There's more. Let's go to uh, Barbara Rush. 
warden of the St. Andrew's Church told CBS Boston, quote, Martha's Vineyard Community Services had 50 people sort of literally walk up to their front door. Rush said it's literally all hands on deck and really beautiful to see the community all coming together to try to help. All right, you get a round of applause. Do. Migrants are believed to be from Venezuela. None of them speak English. Think about the lack of humanity from this governor who did this and the people who flew those planes. They do not speak English according to Rush. They were stranded. She was told through an interpreter, they came up from Texas, all tested negative for COVID and were given food, water and a place to sleep for the night. Dems of Massachusetts have condemned what has happened, but are ensuring the new arrivals will be well taken care of. That's the America I want to see. That's the one. You see, the Satan has a different version that he would like to bring. And he's running for president for sure. Uh, let's go to uh, the state representative. Dan Fernandez tweeted out this photo saying, our island jumped into action putting together 50 beds, giving everyone a good meal, providing a play area for the children, making sure people have the health care and support they need. We are a community that comes together to support immigrants. Ah, you see, Ron DeSantis did not see this part coming because he does not operate from a place of heart. He operates from a place of ego and power. He didn't see this coming. Two shelters have been established already quickly with additional space for more, just in case they fly some more planes to Martha's Vineyard. They're ready for them. Um, Fernandez said to CBS Boston, quote, they're using children as political pawns, but the island community has really rallied together. Let's go to the governor, put them up. So Governor Charlie Baker is in touch with local officials and short-term shelter services are being provided. All of the leadership working to make sure individuals they have never met are safe, fed, housed. Now, I want to say this about Florida. Florida literally did exactly what sanctuary cities or sanctuary states typically do, except for the plane ride. Did they arrest the undocumented individuals? No. Did they put them in an ISIS detention center? No. Did they call immigration services? No. That's the same thing that a sanctuary city says. If you have not committed some other crime, we're not going to do these other things. Florida literally did exactly what they say they would not do. Since the spring, Republican governors in Texas and Arizona have sent several thousand migrants and asylum seekers to New York, Chicago and Washington, D.C., all cities with Democratic mayors. Unlike those major cities, the arrivals on the vineyard aren't met with migrant resources and services like immigration courts where their asylum cases can be heard. Martha's Vineyard has a population of about 15,000. And if he cared, if DeSantis actually cared, this would have been coordinated on some level. Obviously, this is simply to hurt people, make a political point and win with his heartless base. Yasmin, thoughts here. 
Yeah, this has echoes of Greg Abbott all over it. That's DeSantis right. isn't even an original with any of this. But apart from the obvious cruelty of a stunt like this, it's just that. It's a stunt, and it's a very costly one. The audacity of a man to utilize actual human beings in his own political stunt, because as he said, he's probably going to run for president. You know, he's lying to them about where they're going. It's all just evil. Let's just call it what it is. There's no respect for others. There's no empathy for the plight of others. And he really shouldn't be allowed to hold public office. We need to vote people like that out. And on top of all of it, this is a gross misappropriation of funds. The American people are paying for political stunts like this. And why don't the American people demand better from their leaders? All of this just feels kind of juvenile. But the way that the community came together to support these immigrants is beautiful. And honestly, I think it's more representative of actual Americans yep. than whatever the media would have you believe. Most people, I like to believe, are decent. Most people aren't hateful MAGA people. Most people want to help when and where they can. And we as Americans, I think we should remember that. Well said, and I concur completely. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments before I do that. This is day four, Shop TYT Member Appreciation Week. That's you. Welcome to day four. You can get a free TYT tote bag with any order over $60 today only. Make sure you add the TYT tote bag of your choosing to your cart. Use code free tote at checkout. Act fast sale ends in 24 hours. All right, here's some comments. Let's get it. Lynn, sounds like the groomers we've been warned about. Talking about the cop who broke the team. All right. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, put him in a cell with Matt Gates. C. Michael Henson, and thank you, C. Michael, again. That cop was fired only because he brought embarrassment to their department. They weren't mad that he molested that team. They were mad because he got caught. That's why he was not locked up. Um, Queen Aja upgraded her membership to Double Doser. Thank you so much, Queen Aja. Uh, and for those who are watching, you can join. You can join now and become part of the community of Indisputable. Go to the YouTube page and join multiple levels to join. We would love for you to be there. All right. There's a guy, a cop. He got the worst cop award and the worst husband award. Nag is pulled over for DUI. He's the police. Instead of taking it on the chin, he decides to blame his wife. Put up his picture full of mass here. A Topeka police officer hit a car while driving drunk last October, then told the police his wife had hit it and has now lost his job. His name is Stephen Dorsey Smith. Following his DUI arrest, was put on administrative leave and eventually resigned. After his resignation, the Kansas Commission on Peace Officers Standards and Training revoked his certification to be an officer. Let me give you some background to the arrest. Topeka police learned last October that a vehicle had left the scene after hitting a parked car in front of its owner's home in Topeka. Now, when you are hitting cars that are not moving, you are drunk, for sure. So he hit the car, 
It said Smith, who was off duty at the time, then called a dispatcher at the Shawnee County Emergency Communication Center to say his wife, his wife had been in a collision, then had circled the block and returned to the crash scene. Topeka police went to the scene, talked with Smith, who said his wife had rear-ended the parked vehicle, but good old video doorbell, a video doorbell camera of the crash provided authorities, provided to authorities by the owner of the struck car was inconsistent with Officer Smith and his report that his wife had been driving. Smith asked a Topeka police officer at the scene to turn off his body camera, then admitted he had been driving the car at the time of the crash. Didn't think that went all the way out, did you, buddy? The Kansas Highway Patrol, they decided to take over the investigation with troopers observing that Officer Smith's speech was slurred and he had a strong odor of alcohol on his breath. Officer Smith told a trooper the crash occurred after he was distracted by his telephone while attempting to place a call, it said. Smith admitted he then drove away, picked up his wife and returned to the scene. Now, I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine this. What kind of husband commits a crime? Now, once again, he's the police, commits a crime. He hit a car, that's an accident. He then decides to flee the scene, that's a crime. He picks up his wife and says, listen, you need to take the fall for me on this, all right? We're gonna lose everything. I would never be able to harass black people again. So she is in the car while he goes to talk to his buddies about how his non-driving wife is the reason for all of this. But good old ring video doorbell proved otherwise. Smith was found to have a blood alcohol level of 0.089. Kansas law considers motorists to be intoxicated when their blood alcohol is 0.08. Smith was 26 years old at the time of the crash, according to records from the Shawnee County Jail, where he was booked. They released on bond. Smith was charged with driving under the influence and interference with law enforcement in a case that was resolved when he entered into a diversion agreement, which usually means you have none of those convictions on your record once you finish the diversion program. That's unfortunate because once again, if you are in law enforcement, you should be held to a higher standard of accountability, not a lower one, not an average one. You should not be treated the same. You should be treated like you are the police. Medical doctors, they are not treated like everybody else. They are treated as if they are medical doctors and are held to a higher standard of accountability. The same should apply to cops. Yasmin, thoughts here? Yeah, blaming your wife for your own drunk driving is pretty yeah. low. You know, people just don't know how to take personal accountability anymore. We act like cops are people who are morally superior to the rest of us. They're law enforcement officers, so I think we like to believe, you know, for the sake of our own sanity, that they're enforcing those laws upon themselves too. But we know that that isn't the case. Power corrupts. And the minute that you hand a new cop a badge and a gun, you are giving them power. Cops inherently, therefore, are bad people to enforce the law. The whole system is bunk, and cops like this one kind of exemplify that whole problem. Yeah, well said.
we brought a story to you a few days ago about Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, giving millions of dollars to millionaires while their state is the poorest state in America and they have an infrastructure problem that continues to get worse. Jackson, Mississippi has no clean water, but Republicans in Mississippi are giving millions of dollars to people like Brett Favre. Let's go ahead and do it. Initially, when we brought you this story, good old Brett said, hey, I really wasn't that involved and I returned the money, okay? Hands off here. FBI came one time, questioned me one time, and that's it. I did nothing wrong. We got the receipts from Brett Favre. He was more involved than he mentioned. So let's go ahead and put up the picture here. Let's tell the story, the true story. Text messages suggest the NFL legend Brett Favre and former Mississippi governor Phil Bryant were eager participants in a scheme to divert money meant for poor children. Now, remember, this money was welfare money set aside for children in poverty. You see those two white gentlemen you're looking at? Those are what we call welfare kings, okay? They got a bunch of money from welfare. The text messages entered Monday into the state's ongoing civil lawsuit over the welfare scandal reveal that former Governor Phil Bryant pushed to make NFL legend Brett Favre's volleyball idea a reality. Just left Brett Favre, it says. Bryant texted nonprofit founder Nancy New in July of 2019. Within weeks of Davis's departure, can we help him with this project? We should meet soon to see how I can make sure we keep your projects on course. Phil B. Sell, just left Brett Favre, can we help him, et cetera. Now, when Favre asked the question to Bryant, how the new agency director might affect their plans to uh, fund the volleyball stadium, Bryant assured him, I will handle that, he said. Long story, but had to make a change, but I will call Nancy and see what it will take, according to the filing and a text Favre forwarded to New. There's a lot of off record conversation. They're concerned about a new director. The new director, he may not be down with the program. What are we going to do here, boss? Let's put this picture up. This is interesting. Um, Nancy New. So they were also texting between, there was a text between Favre, Nancy New, showing that Bryant, Favre, New, Davis, and others actually worked together to channel at least $5 million of the state's welfare funds to build a new volleyball stadium at University of Southern Mississippi, where Favre's daughter played the sport. Barb received most of the credit for raising funds to construct the facility. Mm. Well, damn. So, uh, Brett, you don't have five million? Okay. You got to take five million from a welfare budget uh, allocated to an institution that your daughter attends and then take all of the credit as if you made the contribution yourself. <laughs> 
knew a friend, Brian's wife, Deborah, ran a nonprofit that was in charge of spending tens of millions of flexible federal welfare dollars outside of public view. What followed was the biggest public fraud case in state history. According to the state auditor's office, nonprofit leaders had misspent at least $77 million in funds that were supposed to help the needy, according to the forensic auditors. New has pleaded guilty to 13 felony counts related to the scheme and Davis awaits trial, but Bryant, the former governor, nor Farr have been charged with anything. You do realize if this was, let's say, a former black NFL player, this would be a totally different narrative. Now you mean to tell me that everybody else is going to trial, pleading guilty, about to get indicted, except for Brett Favre and the former governor? Why? Favre, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? That's what Favre wrote. That was his message. Listen, I get it. The guy has a lot of fans out here. I don't give a damn about his sporting legacy. The man said, if you pay me, will it be traced to me? Who says something like that if everything is on the up and up? Who in the hell? That's a drug dealer conversation. Listen, if we do this exchange and you give me this money, make sure it doesn't trace back to me. Okay? It's a drug deal. News, Ms. News says, and I quote, no, we never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some folks at Southern. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Barb says, OK, thanks. You can't even keep your damn text messages private, sir. You think you're going to be able to keep over a million dollars that they just gave to you private? You all are not thinking with your brain here. You're thinking with your greed. That's why this happened. And you decided not to think about the people that you were taking the money from. $77 million of spent money illegally, unlawfully. Do you know how much money the whole state of Alabama has for infrastructure repairs? $71 million. That's it. They literally allowed individuals to give away $77 million of state budget funds when they don't even have enough money to take care of their own infrastructure. There's more. Ms. New says, wow, I just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He is on board with us. We will get this done. Yes, Phil Bryant. Barb is just as corrupt as you are and me. We are going to get this done. This is now going to happen. We're going to get paid. Barb says, awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. NFL Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp has something to say about this. I agree with my dear brother, Shannon Sharp. Here's a video. I talked to people that was in the room when Brett Favre went to the Hall of Fame and nobody mentioned about text messages that he sent to that jet masseuse. Mm. Nobody mentioned anything about the addiction that he suffered from. But mm -hmm. yet, T.O., 
They brought up everything. Can you imagine if T.O. would have had an incident, incidents like Brett Favre off the field? T.O. still to this day right now would not be in the Hall of Fame. Yet they walked right past it like Brett Favre did nothing. That is true. I the, give you that. The problem that I have with this situation, yep. you got to be a sorry mofo mm. to steal from the lowest. Mississippi is the poorest state in our country. It is. It's citizens. So if they're the poorest state, Brett Favre is taken from the underserved. You made a hundred plus million dollars in the NFL. This is what we know. Scared when black and brown people do do fraud the government, they do they hell bent. Mm -hmm. You get an EBT card and you get wicked, you get stuff like that. Boy, they move heaven and earth to try to put you in jail for four hundred little measly dollars. Fact. Now this man done took a million dollars, yeah. and they sitting around like, well. Well, you know, it, it happened, and we'll see. And they're going to get more money and do it all over again. The biggest criminals, the people that steal the most, look like that. But he's been a sleazeball. He's been shady for a very, very long time. Shannon Sharp, drop mic, exit, stage left. Well said. I have nothing to add. Yasmin, thoughts here. How are you going to make me follow that? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, like, I don't care about football. So I don't care how many touchdowns or passes or whatever Brett Favre has to his name. I don't know. But I really can't respect anyone who intentionally takes money from children and from impoverished people. You mentioned that the Mississippi that Mississippi is the poorest state in the entire union, and it ranks poorly in so many other metrics when compared to other states. And the water crisis and the infrastructure crisis that we're seeing in its capital city right now is a prime example of the state's systemic failures. The state is literally named after the mighty Mississippi River, a river that makes up the entirety of its eastern border, and they have a water crisis. It's unbelievable. And the fact that the former governor was involved in this scheme just goes to show that the state's government has its priorities in absolutely the wrong place. Corruption runs deep in schemes like this, and just the fact that they were wary of people who might not be down with the scheme proves that. You have to deliberately rid the system of non-compliant people in order to successfully pull something like this off. So they knew what they were doing. The text messages prove that. And they shouldn't be given any kind of leeway there, especially not on the grounds of touchdowns or pat or whatever. I don't know. Touchdowns, yeah. passes. Yeah. yeah, you got that right. <laughs> right, sport. OK, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. A friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. Come on, man. Come on, Reverend. Sir, Andrew Womack, a Christian evangelical guy, uh, he believes this. It has been debunked. It is untrue. He does not have a friend that knows somebody. Um, let me go to the second video. Here it is. Kids are coming in dressed up as cats with collars and leashes on and ears and supposed to have litter boxes in the restrooms. That's incredible. And you've yeah. you've seen this? I have not personally seen it, but uh, I know people that are involved 
with uh, the schools. So you haven't personally no, seen I it. I haven't personally seen it. No. Okay. Because that sounds. That's. Uh, yeah, I know. But if you talk to the students, they even say that it's been going on. And uh, have you you talked to the students and they they said they saw it? Some friends of ours, their kids. Yeah. They saw. Sorry, they saw students dressed as cats. And that they said that there had to be litter boxes in the high schools? In the bathrooms, they have to have litter boxes. Unbelievable. These folks will believe anything. So let me go to PolitiFact here. Where did all this nonsense come from? Uh, so now in schools, if a kid wants to identify as a furry, the school goes along with it, read an April 5th Facebook post, not making them participate or speak, have policies ensuring no one mocks them, a furry. They're identifying as animals, even putting litter boxes in the bathrooms in some schools. Have y'all heard about this? The post was later edited to add, I have no litter box proof, only rumor. The insane post was later flagged by Facebook. The rumor has been spreading um, persistently, but was unfounded each time. An Iowa superintendent sent a letter to parents to dispel the myth. In Michigan, the school superintendent also sent an email to parents to say the claim was false after a parent stated it publicly at a school board meeting that garnered more than 80,000 views on YouTube. A Nebraska state lawmaker publicly repeated the claim, then apologized when he learned it was simply untrue. In Wisconsin, several school districts debunked the claim the AP reported. <sighs> what can I say? Yasmin, thoughts here. This is just like like weird fear mongering. It reminds me of Louise on Bob's Burgers with her bunny ear hat. Like, I feel like the right would lose her minds over something like that. It's funny, but the fact that people are so willing to believe things like this without seeing any proof to support it is kind of depressing. What do people think the world is? They're so afraid of everything, and it's a sad way to live. They're closing themselves off from the rest of the world and self-isolating in fear. And in the meantime, the rest of us have to deal with stories like this one. So that's fun. Yeah, so they rather believe that a teacher is allowed to wear a cat outfit and dispose himself yeah. in the front of the classroom in a litter box than simply say, no, I got to see some proof on that. that that's right. unbelievable. All right, Jasmine, always a pleasure, dear sister. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, you can find me over on Instagram and TikTok. It's Yaz, K-Y-A-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-K. That's five Zs. That's where you can find all my work. And on Rebel oh. HQ. Beautiful. Reactions next. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.